Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good. We're going to continue our series called Filled with the Holy Spirit. But before we get into that, I just want to say thank you so much for being here today. I know there's a lot of like fear going around. Should I get out? Should I go to church? And, and you made the choice to be here. So my hat's off to you. You guys overcame fear. You overcame the odds. So I'm so, so thankful you're here. Go ahead and turn to somebody next to you and just say you made a good choice being here today. And if you're joining us online, I want to say hey to you too. It's great to hear the word of God over the internet. And I know that a lot of you are staying home today because you're not feeling so well, but I want you to do something right now. I want you to just put your hand on your body, put it right on your stomach and say, God gave my body exactly what it needs to overcome this sickness. I have everything that I need. And, and God will fill in the gaps if my body doesn't have what it takes. But God has made your body a miracle working machine. So listen to me, get your rest, drink your water, take care of your body because that's important too. Cooperate with God and you will see a complete recovery. Amen? Amen. So according to a news report, a certain private Catholic school has recently been faced with a unique problem. The young ladies were beginning to wear lipstick, which that wasn't the problem. The problem was they would press their lips against the mirror in the girls' bathroom. And as you can imagine, that's quite the hassle to clean up. Sister Mary, the principal, talked to them about not doing that, but they just kept at it. So she called a meeting in the girls' bathroom. All the girls crammed into the bathroom along with the janitor and the principal, and Sister Mary began to explain how hard it is to get the lipstick off of the mirror. Then she asked the janitor to do a demonstration for them so they could see how hard it is to get it off. So he took a long-handled squeegee, dipped it in the toilet, and cleaned the mirror. They never had another lipstick problem again. I knew I needed to start with a joke today, y'all. The joy of the Lord is your strength. We got to laugh. Laughter doeth good like medicine. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Kate. I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. And here at No Limits, we're passionate about making a difference. We want to help you know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. And part of knowing God is knowing the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also plays a role in you finding freedom, and he's definitely the one that helps you live out your purpose. You actually can't do it without him. So a few weeks ago, I was asking the Lord, I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to preach next? What's coming up next? And what he told me is that I need my people to know how to live filled with the Holy Spirit because they can't accomplish what I need them to do without it. And that's why we're doing this series is because God needs you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, not just Cade, not just the leadership here, but he needs you. So let's just go ahead and say that. Say, God needs me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He does. And we kicked off this series talking about how obedience to God is required to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit can't hang out with sin. So if you keep hanging out with sin, well, you're unqualified to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about salvation here. Salvation is a gift, a free gift by believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on the cross so that you could be forgiven and free from the penalty of your sin. But if you want the power of God to manifest in your life, if you want the favor of God to be evident in your life, obedience to God is required. It's required. And obedience is easy, though, when it comes from the right place. The problem is most of us go out at the wrong way. We try to put on this perfect performance for God. He's not looking for your performance. 
He's looking for obedience that comes as a result of you knowing who you are to God. So your role in this is not to perform. Your role in this is to go search the scriptures, find out who you are to God, write them down, meditate on them, and put in the effort to find out what God thinks about you. Because whenever you know what, how God feels about you, which he thinks you're amazing. But there's a lot of things that have to be overcome in your mind. There's a lot of stinking thinking that has to be overcome by the word of God for you to get to a place where you truly believe that. So open your Bible. And a good place to start is the book of Ephesians. And just read that book over and over and over and try to extract everything out of it about how God sees you, how he feels about you, because you're going to find some amazing things in there. Write those down and meditate on them. Has anybody ever done that before? You've taken the time to find out who you are to God and it transformed your life. Go ahead and raise your hand if that's happened for you. Yes, it works. You need to do it. I can't do it for you. I wish I could. But Sunday's not enough. You guys need to get into the word for yourself and search these scriptures out. All right. Last week, we talked about the purpose of being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you what? Power, boldness, and truth that you need to do to say what needs to be said and to do what needs to be done to lead people to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is what empowered Jesus to work miracles. It's what enabled him to speak mind-boggling truth. It's what gave him boldness to confront the religious leaders. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he passed that on to us so that we could not just do the same works that he did, but what? Greater works than he did. And we ended last week busting up some myths about the Holy Spirit. There's this false doctrine out there that lumps salvation and being filled with the Holy Spirit into the same thing, but it's not the same thing. They are two different gifts from God. Sure, they can happen back to back. You can get saved and then get filled with the Holy Spirit right after. Some people get saved and then years later get filled with the Holy Spirit or decades later get filled with the Holy Spirit. But here's what you need to remember. Salvation is for you. Salvation is for you. Your faith in Jesus Christ is the only way for you to spend eternity with God. That's it. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is for others. It's for others. When you're filled, you have the power, boldness, and truth you need to say what needs to be said and to do what needs to be done. To do what? Lead people to Jesus. Wouldn't you agree that taking people with us to heaven would be a lot better than ending up there by ourselves? Amen. So today we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. But before we get into that, I got to clear something up from last week because I totally forgot to tell you guys something really important. Man, so we had about 25 people stand up last week to uh, receive or to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And y'all, I'm pumped that you made that decision because God needs you to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be ready for what's to come. But I should have warned you what you were going to run into next. I told you last week that Satan hates it when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. I did tell you that. But what I didn't tell you is that he hates it so much, he will immediately come to try to empty your tank. Anybody experience that this last week? Let me tell you what happened to me last week, because apparently I painted a huge target on my back by preaching a message like that. Sunday night, we get home after going out for dinner. We shut the garage door, we go inside, and we hear this pow. Beth and I looked at each other like, what in the world just happened? We slowly opened the garage door. The spring on the garage door just busted in half. Tuesday. We found out that a friend's roommate had passed away. It had been a long battle for that lovely lady. She's in heaven now. I mean, she's having a good time, but man, we're going to miss her. She's a special lady. Wednesday, my brother-in-law was in an accident and thrown off of his motorcycle. And he's still in the ICU right now, fully sedated, but we're believing for a complete recovery. Thursday, God gave me a couple of unusual assignments. And it's funny because although I post things on Facebook quite often, I don't scroll the Facebook feed. 
I just, I don't do it. I don't even hardly look at the comments that people post on my posts. But God said, open up the Facebook feed. Okay. I was scrolling the feed and I was asking, Lord, what do you want me to see so I can get this over with and get off of here? Because this place is, I don't want to be here. Then I found it. And I was led to take a stand for faith. In more than 10 years of ministry, I've never seen Christians slander other Christians for trying to walk something out in faith. Never seen it. Think they're, think they're a bit crazy? Yeah, <laughs> we'll think that, but we just, all right, you go ahead and we'll see what happens, right? That's usually what we think. But today, when you stand in faith for something, other Christians are quick to put you down or tell you, or call you stupid or tell you how your faith is somehow harming everybody around you. And as a pastor, I'm here to help you increase your faith. Increase your faith. I want to lead you to a place where you can trust God for everything. Trust Him for salvation. Trust Him for healing. Trust Him to take care of all of your needs. Trust Him to protect you. That's where I'm trying to get us. And along this journey, we're going to make some mistakes. But church should be a safe place for you to learn to walk by faith. It should be a safe place. And you know what? I'm going to make sure that that happens here at No Limits. So if I ever see any of y'all attack faith, I will correct you. With love, of course. With love. So even though I was led to comment on this Facebook post and take a stand for faith, it did not go well. And I'll be honest, I got a little worked up. So I had to go for a walk. And while I was walking through my neighborhood, I saw this guy working on somebody's lawn. And I sensed the Holy Spirit say, go and tell him that I see him, I care about him, and I love him. Okay. So I did. That's exactly what I did. And he did not receive it. He did not. He said, okay, I'll pass that along to my sister. I said, okay, great. Well, how can I pray for your sister? He's like, yeah, you don't need to do that. Okay, it was a very awkward conversation. Very awkward. And for the second time in a row on the same day when the Lord led me to do something, the outcome was, well, it sucked. It did. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I struggled Thursday. That was a tough day. On top of everything else, you know, that had been kind of piling up, it was a struggle. And then came Friday. I took a shower that morning, and towards the end, the drain started gurgling. I was like, hmm. And after my shower, some, one of our kids came in to use the bathroom, flushed the toilet, and then things started to back up. Choose joy. Choose, choose it. I go out to the septic tank to see if I need to clear out a wad of toilet paper because let me tell you, when you have as many girls in the house as I do, there's a lot of toilet paper going on, a lot of it. So I find out when I'm out there that the tank is full and we need to have it pumped. And so I call the septic guy and they're like, yeah, we can't make it out there till next week. How's that for a week of trials and opportunities to choose joy and to stay filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So let me tell you, God has already worked some of these things out for good though. We called the garage door guy on Monday, and he came out the same day, and we had the best conversation about current events, and we were able to encourage each other. Like, it was a lot of fun. Oh, yes. There's more to that story. (laughs) It could go on for a long time. The septic guy ended up being able to come out just a few hours after I had called him that day because something opened up in his schedule. And so the septic tank has been emptied, and we're good for another three to five years, y'all. So when I was asking the Lord about the Facebook posts and the lawn guy who didn't receive my message, here's what he told me. He said, not everything I ask you to do will immediately have a good outcome. 
Sometimes it's a seed sown and you're going to have to be patient for the good result. So listen up. Don't use other people's response as an indicator of if what you're doing is what God wants you to do or not. All right? Look only to the Holy Spirit and to the Word of God for confirmation, and that's it. Help me remember that, because I'm going to need to hear it again. All right? And I'll help you remember it, because you got to learn. As you're learning to do what God asks you to do, you need to know that the way other people respond is not confirmation one way or the other. And regarding my brother-in-law, I just ask you to stand in faith that we will see a complete recovery. And what we're needing him to do right now is they're trying to pull him off of that sedation, but every time they pull him off, he kind of puts up a fight. I probably would too if they had a tube down my throat and had kept me out for several days, you know. So we just need him to be calm. So just speak calmness, a sound mind over him so that he can wake up and come out of that. All right, so now let's talk about spiritual gifts. You guys have probably noticed that the American church as a whole is weak in spiritual gifts. And here at No Limits, uh, we've been growing over the past year in in spiritual gifts, but we still got room to grow. Um, The problem we face is that we come to believe that we're so sophisticated that we don't need spiritual gifts to reach people. I mean, we got the the lights, the the sound system, the good-looking pastor, the... uh, the feel-good messages, right? We got, we got all this stuff. I mean, what else could you need? On top of this, we're obsessed with being normal. We don't want anybody to be bothered by what we do. And spiritual gifts are kind of hard to understand, so we just kind of push them off and neglect them in an effort not to run people off. But we actually are running people off by not embracing spiritual gifts. I mean, if Jesus needed spiritual gifts to reach people, who are we to think that we can reach people without spiritual gifts? Could we get any more arrogant? For real. So let's go through the nine spiritual gifts mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And as we work through them, I'm going to give you an example of each in the Bible. And by the time we end today, you're going to understand them all a whole lot better. So here's the first one, the word of wisdom. So wisdom can be defined as the proper, the proper use of knowledge. In other words, wisdom enables you to take what you know and then apply it in the right way. We live in the information age, so we all know a lot of stuff. And because of all our knowledge, we think that we have it all together. The problem is not, really, not very many people know how to apply their knowledge in the right way. In other words, without wisdom, knowledge is pretty much worthless. You could go to college for years and years and years, and if you don't know how to apply that knowledge, it's not going to help you. When it comes to the spiritual gift called the Word of Wisdom, this is what enables you to take what you know, especially what you know from the Word of God, and then use it in the right way. Let's look at an example of Jesus operating in this gift. This is one of the many times that he's confronting the Pharisees or the religious elite, and they were trying to trap him with their knowledge of the Bible. And this is even a question that people are still asking today, kind of trying to skirt around the issue. So take a look. Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Uh Uh-oh. Jesus better get some wisdom on this because no matter how he answers the question, these people are going to be upset. So what does he say? Haven't you read the scriptures? I'm glad to know I'm not the only one that says that to people. Haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. And since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Well, that wasn't good enough for the Pharisees because they had more knowledge to throw at Jesus. Then why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away? 
Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts. But it was not what God had originally intended. And I tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery unless his wife has been unfaithful. And this is a fun message, isn't it? But this is the word of wisdom at work. Jesus knew what the Bible said, but he also knew how to apply what he knew from the Bible. So he knew that divorce was permitted by the law of Moses, but it would never be God's best. And this still rings true today. If you've been divorced for any reason other than adultery, I want to tell you this, God still loves you and he's still for you. But you probably already found out it wasn't God's best. It didn't work out the way that you thought it would. If you want God's best for your marriage, then you work it out. And if you need help working it out, we're here to help you. We'll walk, we got several couples in this church who will walk, you, walk through it with you without condemnation, without putting you down. We're just here to help you. And this reminds me of a story where this happened just a few years ago. Somebody was struggling. They thought, they thought it was over right here at church. And so she came to us. We prayed with her. We encouraged her. And now they're still together and they're experiencing like a more passionate marriage than they ever have. <laughs> so that's what happens whenever you do it God's way, huh? It's awesome. But here's the next spiritual gift, the word of knowledge. So we just talked about the word of wisdom. Now we're at the word of knowledge. And this is different than the knowledge that you obtain at school or by reading a book. The word of knowledge just comes supernaturally, like whew, it's just right there. It's when you know something by the Spirit of God that you could not have known otherwise. And the Holy Spirit gives you this to help you reach people. All these spiritual gifts are what? To help you reach people. He doesn't give you the word of knowledge so you can look smart or make more money or like anything like that, although those things could happen. But he gives you these gifts to help you reach people. And here's an example of Jesus using this gift. In John 1, 47, as they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know this about me? Nathanael asked. Well, Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. And then Nathanael explained, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And Jesus asked him, do you believe this? Just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree, you'll see much greater things than this. Jesus knew the specifics about Nathanael, not because he had been there, but because he had the word of knowledge working in his life. And all it took was Jesus simply knowing that Nathanael had been sitting under a fig tree for Nathanael to believe in Jesus. That's really cool. See how simple it can be to lead people to Jesus whenever you have the gifts of the Spirit working in your life. For me, the word of knowledge comes as a thought or sometimes as an image, and it comes out of nowhere. It's almost like it was somebody else's thought. I'm like, what, what, where did that come from? What was that? And it's so easy to talk yourself out of the spiritual gift. But to operate in it, you have to start using it. You have to start putting it to work. So if God gives you a word of knowledge at your, for your own life, you, you put it to the test. You take steps and you walk it out. And if you get a word for somebody else, you share it with them. Sure, they might think you're crazy, but most people will actually honor your boldness to go and share what you believe God is telling you. If you want to operate in this gift, you got to start using it. It's practicing. Let's move on to the next one, faith the gift of faith. And first of all, let's clear up the fact that the faith talked about here is different from the faith that you use to believe in Jesus Christ. God has given every person the faith that they need to come to faith in Jesus Christ, to believe in the Son of God. But the gift of faith, on the other hand, is something that comes, it just kind of like comes over you, and it enables you to believe God for something that normally you wouldn't be able to believe. Think of Noah. He spent 120 years building a boat, and he had never seen rain before. All because he heard from God 
And when he heard from God, he obtained the faith that he needed to embark on this crazy assignment, not just for a few days, but for 120 years. Or how about Abraham? He was promised many children, and when his wife was 90, they still didn't have any. But Abraham still continued to believe. Sarah got pregnant, and they had a son, Isaac. The gift of faith enables you to believe crazy things. Other people are laughing at you, but you know it's coming to pass. It's coming to pass. Here's the next spiritual gift, the gifts of healings. So we all know that Jesus healed people like he healed a lot of people. And when you dig into these healing stories, you'll find out that sometimes it was their faith that healed them. And other times he just went about healing people, healing all of them. So not all healing takes place because of the gifts of healing that's mentioned here. Sometimes it's the gift of faith that causes people to just reach out and receive their healing. Sometimes it's actually the word of wisdom that enables people to understand something from the word of God, apply it to their life and receive healing. However it comes, there's no bad way to receive healing. There's no bad way to receive healing. But here's an example of Jesus using the gift of healing. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So when operating in the gift of healing, it doesn't matter if the sick person has the faith to be healed or not. They're going to be healed simply because you're operating in the gift of healing. What, am I, what an awesome gift to have. Remember I told you these gifts are to help you reach people for Jesus? Can you see how this gift would help you reach people for Jesus? Awesome. Here's the next one, working of miracles. So a miracle is something that's humanly impossible, but it's just simple for God. No big deal. The Bible is full of miracles, and the working of miracles is actually one of the first spiritual gifts that Jesus used in his ministry. It's when he turned water into wine. They had run out of wine at this wedding, which was a big problem because it would make the groom's family look really bad. So Jesus' mom kind of pressured Jesus into doing this miracle, right? Jesus had the servants fill the wedding at the wedding six water pots with water. Each of those water pots had 20 to 30 gallons each, and he turned that water into the best wine that anybody had ever tasted. This is what you call the working of miracles. Jesus operated in this gift awesome. Think about the five loaves and the two fish feeding the 5,000 people, right? That's another example of a miracle. We should be operating in this gift too. We should see things like this happen, and we will see things like this happen. Here's the next one, prophecy. And prophecy is a bit misunderstood in the body of Christ because we think of it as kind of like the telling of future events, which it is, but it often gets misused because sometimes people say, I have a prophetic word, and then they tell their opinion. That's, that's all they're doing is telling their opinion. But here's how we know if a prophetic word is from God. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. So did the prophetic word strengthen you, encourage you, or comfort you? If it doesn't pass this test, it probably wasn't a true prophetic word. So for the past couple of years, God's been leading me to write books. And then last year, I went to a church service where the pastor prophesied over me. He said, you will write books, and people will read them. Maybe that was the best part of the prophecy. Apparently, there's authors that write books, and people don't read them. So at this point, the only other person that knew that I was thinking about writing books was Beth. This pastor had no idea. So the prophetic word definitely encouraged me, and it definitely strengthened me in something that God had already been speaking to my spirit. And as you know... You probably already know my first book is set to come out September 1st in just a few days. I'm excited. And people are going to read it. Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. All right. Don't misunderstand, though. Not all prophecy gives you the warm fuzzies. If you think of things that strengthen you, it usually hurts a little bit. 
I mean, just think if you want to strengthen your muscles, you go to the gym and you push through a lot of pain, right? Most of the prophecies we hear from Jesus were to strengthen us. Like Jesus prophesied to the disciples that they would betray him and that they would desert him. That's not a very encouraging prophecy, is it? But I believe he said these things so that after they happened, the disciples, the disciples would remember, hey, Jesus already knew that we were going to do this. And he was still with us then, like he didn't abandon us then, so he's not going to abandon us now. You know what I mean? So eventually it did encourage them. Prophecy exists to either strengthen you, encourage you, or comfort you. You should run every prophecy through this test. Run it through that test. And here's the next spiritual gift, discerning of spirits. We live in a physical realm. The physical realm was created by the spiritual realm, which means that the spiritual realm is superior to the physical realm. Yet we get so caught up in the physical realm that we forget the spiritual realm even exists. The spiritual gift, discerning of spirits, is what helps you see how the spiritual realm is affecting the physical realm. For example, when this gift is active in your life, you can clearly see that the news cycle on TV is controlled by a spirit of fear and deception. You see it. And you can also see that mainstream entertainment is controlled by a spirit of lust and a spirit of violence. Without the ability to discern what's going on in the spirit, you're just completely unaware of these things. And then you're deceived by the news and you're, you're thrown off course by watching TV shows that have no other purpose than to pollute your mind. And you just didn't even see that that was the purpose behind it. It's not because you're a bad person. I'm not trying to condemn anybody here today. I just want you to get to a place where you desire, desire the ability to discern. What's the spirit behind this? What's really going on here? Jesus used this gift many times. This is how he knew whenever a demon needed to be cast out of somebody. But let me take you to one of the most shocking times when Jesus used this gift. He was prophesying to his disciples, and he was saying, hey, I'm going to suffer soon under the religious leaders. They're going to kill me, but on the third day, I'm going to rise again. That was a prophecy. And then one of the disciples, Peter, pulled Jesus aside, and he said, heaven forbid, this will never happen to you. And then Jesus' response is quite shocking. Here's what he says. He turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me, for you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Whoa. This is not the kind and politically correct Jesus that modern Christianity makes him out to be. I mean, that was kind of rude. How can you call one of your friends the devil? Jesus was using the gift of discerning of spirits. He knew that Peter's comment was not coming from the spirit of God. It was coming from the spirit of deception, and he wasn't going to have it. We've got to learn how to use this gift. So many Christians have no idea that this gift even exists. So they don't even see the most blatant evil right in front of their face. How will they ever see if somebody that they know is trying to deceive them? So if you want this gift, you simply say, God, I received the gift of discerning of spirits. Open my eyes to see what's going on in the spiritual realm, and he'll show you. All right, two more gifts to go. Here's the next one, different kinds of tongues. This is a controversial subject. I mean, there's entire church denominations formed because they were either for this or against it, right? What a bummer that the church has allowed this to bring such division. Now, I know this gift seems a little weird, but aren't they all a little weird? I mean, if we're going to believe in prophecy where God can enable somebody to see things to come... Why is it so weird to believe that God can enable somebody to speak in a language that they don't know? 
If you read about speaking in tongues throughout the Bible, there's no doubt. It's a legit spiritual gift. It's legit. And it's apparently so powerful, or it's apparently really powerful because the enemy works really hard to keep us from it. Even Jesus told us about this gift in Mark 16, 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons and they'll speak with new tongues. And then it was fulfilled shortly after his resurrection. We find this in Acts 2, 4. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The question is, why? Why speaking in tongues? What does it benefit me to speak in a language that I don't even understand? What is this all about? Well, in 1 Corinthians 14, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So speaking in tongues enables you to pray perfect prayers. I mean, how many times have you been praying only to end your prayer and be like, well, that probably didn't accomplish anything because I didn't even know what to pray for. That'll never happen when you have the gift of speaking in tongues. When you speak in tongues, your prayer is always effective. It's always spot on because you're speaking mysteries. The things that you don't even know to pray for are being prayed for through your spirit. This gift is awesome. No wonder Satan doesn't want us to use this gift. Imagine how much destruction we could all do to the kingdom of darkness if we all prayed in tongues every day. I have this visual of whenever you're praying in tongues of just all these darts going into heaven. And Satan doesn't even know where they're coming from because he doesn't understand the language either because this is a spiritual language. He doesn't understand it. He's like, what are they saying? All I know is they're destroying my kingdom. I do want to point out that this scripture says that speaking in tongues is not to speak to men, but to God, right? So this gift is not so that you can baffle others by your ability to speak in tongues. This gift is between you and God. And one more gift to go, interpretation of tongues. So like I said, speaking in tongues is primarily a personal gift. It's one that you use in your own prayer time between you and God. But sometimes you're led to speak in tongues in front of other people. And in this case, though, there has to be interpretation of tongues. And let me show you what I mean in 1 Corinthians 14. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you by either revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? In other words, if I showed up to Sunday to church every Sunday and spent 30 minutes up here speaking in tongues, it's not going to help you all out. You'll probably go home more confused, actually. That doesn't mean that no one should ever speak in tongues in front of the church, though. But if they do... Let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. In order for tongues to be helpful in front of the church, it must be paired with the interpretation of tongues so that we can all understand what's being said. I mean, that makes sense, right? God's pretty practical. (laughs) However, when you pray in tongues, when it's just you and God, you can ask for the interpretation if you want to, but you don't have to. You can just go for it. Pray for it, those perfect prayers, those things that you don't even know what to pray for. So go ahead. Destroy the kingdom of darkness by praying in tongues every day. Do it. What an awesome opportunity. All right, for, those, for these spiritual gifts to be operating in our lives on a frequent basis, we got to get filled and we got to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. And like I said, about 25 people were filled with the Holy Spirit last week. And the invitation's still open. If you didn't get the opportunity last week and it's not over yet, the opportunity's always there. You could go get filled with the Holy Spirit at home if you wanted to. You don't even have to come to church for it. But I do want to know, is there anybody who wants to get filled with the Holy Spirit today? And if you do, go ahead and stand up. I just want to give you this opportunity. And you might be thinking, well, Kate, I don't want all those attacks to come against me. (laughs) Well, God gives you the power, the boldness, and the truth you need to overcome 
anything the enemy does to you. You work it out for your good. Didn't we sing that this morning? You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good every time. You bet. Yep, put on God's armor. That's good, Summer. No, he's heard. All right. I also want to give some time here for you guys to operate in these spiritual gifts. We're having a discussion at board meeting this last week about how we never want to get to a place here at church where only these certain few people are operating in the spiritual gifts because God gives them to the entire body of Christ. He gives one person prophecy. He gives another one working in miracles. Like we bring it all together and that's how we operate in all of the gifts. No one person is going to operate in all nine gifts. doesn't mean that you only operate in one. You may operate in, in several of them. But together as the body of Christ, that's how we make all these things happen. So I want you guys to know that this is a safe place for you to learn how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not going to get mad at you. I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm not going to tell you that you're hurting people. It's a safe place. So let's go ahead and dim the lights down. We're going to get quiet before the Holy Spirit. That's usually what you have to do first. If you want to operate in the gifts, you've got to quiet your mind. Submit yourself to God. Say, God, Holy Spirit, is there anything that you want to do through me today? Do we know if Mark is still here? Is he out in the lobby? Mark and Jessica and Josh. Hey, if you guys can hear me, will you go ahead and come in here? Mark is having surgery. Is it tomorrow? So I want to pray over this family and surround them. Come on in, guys. Go ahead and come to the front for me. Is there anybody in the room who is feeling led right now to come up and pray over this family? They need peace. We need to pray over the doctors. This family is very special to our church. They're always behind the scenes working and volunteering and doing, and I'm sure they love being up at the front right now. If you're led to pray for these and lay hands on them, go ahead and come on up to the front and do that. 
I'm going to ask everybody else to agree. I see Beth trying to make her way up here. Got to unload the kiddos first, huh? on the stage just yeah first of all you know that you have a call of God on your life right 100% absolutely sure did you know it's better than you even imagined like exponentially better and you're going to walk that out you will see your grandchildren and you that means you will get to what's uh, Psalms um, uh, 91 Psalms uh, 128 is that what it is it says you may enjoy your grandchildren it means you're young enough to like play with them and you're in health to like enjoy them. You're not just going to be in some bed and whatnot. So this is just the beginning of your awesome healing and testimony and journey. We're able to put some things behind us. Amen. You've kind of been through this. You're kind of done, done going through the cycle, right? And just done through the cycle. So as we lay hands on you and as you guys do your thing tomorrow, we know that our trust is in who? It's in the Lord, right? And so Lord, I thank you, Father God, that you have a plan for Mark. And I thank you that is the good plan. I thank you that you do work all things together for his good. And so, Lord, I thank you that everything that needs to be done tomorrow, Lord, that will be done 100% accuracy. That it's going to be so easy. The doctors and the staff are going to be like, wow, that was great. That was awesome. And they have 100% confidence in in their abilities that you have given to them, Father. I thank you for blessing the hands and the instruments and everything that's used in in those offices and in those rooms. I thank you that they are anointed. They are completely anointed to touch this body and to help heal it in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for those ministering angels I see right now. They're already there. They're just waiting for Mark to come. They're already there. They're saying, come on, Mark, let's do this. Let's get this over with so Mama and Daddy can rest so that you can rest and heal. And I thank you for it, Lord Jesus. And as they travel tomorrow, we command these ministering angels to go about them in their, in their distance. And, um, and Mark will have a sweet rest and recovery and they will be able to come back and travel safe. And Mark will rest and get exactly what his body needs to. And so they're able to move on from this, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Look forward to hearing that testimony. <laughs> Anything else before we close up? We're not in a hurry, so anybody else need prayer? We've got a word to share. Yes. Hey, let me bring this to you. I've just been um, impressed of the Holy Spirit to tell Sandy. I pray that as you go and are with your son, that every touch that you touch on him is the power of the Holy Spirit healing him, that you will uh, be taking it in and about and amongst that, that it will be a blessing, that it will be a blessing to nurses and doctors. They will be amazed and that he is healed it is beginning to manifest it will happen and I I fully believe that 
And I just believe that when you go in, when you put your hands on him, that the power of the Holy Spirit is on him. The breath of the Holy Spirit is breathing within him. In Jesus' name. I agree with that. By faith, Sandy, we see the miracle, right? No matter what the doctors say, no matter what the report is, by faith we see it. We know what the outcome is. Healing. Wholeness. No complications. He's going to come back better than he was before. So this week I was studying a word. (laughs) Come here, Ezekiel. I was studying a word in the Old Testament called Gilead. I was like, what does that mean? You know, I looked up the Hebrew, and it means um, perpetual fountain, heap of testimony. And then I was studying, okay, what is that? You know, is that when we share our testimony, that it's like a perpetual fountain? What does it bring when we do that, you know? And then I was reading and Google searching, and I found this article called Jesus is the Balm of Gilead, B-A-L-M, you know? And it was talking about how when a leaf is, when you try to extract the oil from a leaf, you have to bruise the leaf to get the oil from the leaf. Well, Jesus was bruised on the cross so that we could be anointed with him and apply the balm of Gilead through the word of our testimony that brings healing. So when we share our testimony, it brings healing because we're applying the balm of Gilead, which is Jesus. I just wanted to share that with you guys. Amen. Amen. Now I just want to remind you not to be discouraged. Jesus never promised us that we would have a life without challenge. He promised us that he would overcome any challenge that we come up against. I've seen many people in our church going through challenges. Some of them are at home going through that challenge right now. And, uh, I just want to say welcome to boot camp. The boot camp of the Holy Spirit. He's preparing us. It's not exactly. Boot camp's not fun. But you can't succeed in war without it, right? It's absolutely necessary. So keep your eyes on the prize, right? You will overcome. You will overcome. Punch some fear in the throat. <laughs> Every chance you get, don't let it in your life. So let me end today by praying over you guys. God, we thank you that you've given us everything we need to overcome the battles that we face. And we come out stronger on the other side. And Lord, we thank you for the prize of heaven that we look forward to, spending eternity with you. God, I ask you to remind us of heaven. I ask that you give us visions of heaven because man, The outcome of this is so beautiful. What a privilege that you invited us to spend eternity with you in heaven. And we receive that gift by believing in Jesus Christ. We confess him today as our Lord and our Savior. We know that he went to the cross and when he died on the cross, all of our sins died right there with him and he purchased everything that we need to be forgiven and freed from our sin. And we received that freedom. We walk in that freedom, God, and we put on your righteousness, that gift of righteousness, we put it on. And we ask you to fill us with the Holy Spirit, fill us fresh every day so we have the power, the boldness, and the truth that we need 
to go into our jobs and into Quick Trip and wherever we are and lead people to Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Go ahead and bring those lights back up. Going to give you a quick update on what your giving is accomplishing here at No Limits. In this picture right here, you see our Mexico missionaries um, buying backpacks and school supplies for kids that were in need there in Mexico. As a church, we were able to send $500 to be a part of this outreach. So it's just, it's awesome. And we were also able to help one of our very own families here in Owasso buy the school supplies that they need uh, for their school season. I didn't realize, you know, it's really expensive to, to send your kids to school. So. It's awesome to be able to help with that. And you guys are so generous that whenever a need like this comes up, we don't even have to think about it. We're like, yes, we will put our, put our uh, giving to work. We'll send it out on a mission and doing good, right? It's awesome. So thank you for making this possible. And if, you're, if you want to give today and you're giving by cash or check, just raise your hands. One of our ushers will get you an offering envelope. Or you can give online anytime. And how you do that is you just type in nolimits.fyi in the address bar, and you'll find a giving button there. It'll get you where you need to go. Thank you so much for joining us, and a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.